The time has come for you to destroy Mephisto's Soul Stone. Take the stone to the Hellforge, place it upon the forge, and strike it soundly with the hammer. Only by doing this can you prevent Mephisto from manifesting in this world ever again. Got my Crusader to 70. And I got a question about that. Is it just me? Or did your Crusader feel like he got worse the older he got? Did he feel less epic by 70 than perhaps he did at 20 or 30? I got a theory about this. So he's the new, I mean, he's the new thing in the expansion, right? I mean, there's a, there are a few new things. We got a new act. We got this adventure mode, riffs, and all this bonus endgame stuff. But we also got a crusader, a new class, and that's a big deal. And a lot of people like the crusader. A lot of people are playing the crusader. We talk about the crusader here on the show. It's all crusaders all the time, right? But I have a theory that this particular class is a lot like Death Knights were in World of Warcraft. And and how that works is this. You need that thing to feel epic out of the gate. It needs to be more than just another class. It needs to feel special, right? And he did and does. But toward the end, I just felt like, I don't know wasn't a slog he was okay but i i didn't have the breadth of enjoyment that i do with most classes when it came to his abilities there were two or three i just relied on and then the rest of it was just like meh give or take that one don't really need it that one uses too much wrath or that one's just underwhelming whatever right so that's where I felt I was with him when I finally hit 70. I hit 70 yesterday and I just went, all right, that was that was good. But man, was I into you when you were in your 20s. In your 70s, meh. I don't know. Maybe I just need a break from the old man. I never was, I've never been and still am not bored with my wizard. I can't get enough of him. Maybe it's just my play style because I am, a, I'm, I'm always been kind of a ranged you know, give me arrows, give me magic, give me, uh, you know, stuff from a distance. That's usually my my deal anyway. And in this game, everyone's got distance and close up. And, you know, there's there's ways to play every class, melee or at range. But for whatever reason, I think I just lean more toward the the magic or the range stuff. So because of that, I think the Crusader lost its luster for me toward the end. I'm sure I'll be back. I got him some sweet gear the other, uh, during his leveling at 70. And it's good to have a range of characters kind of at your disposal. So, you know, you may be in a, you may be in a rift room with some buddies who are like, you know, we could use another close-up and in-your-face shield bearer. What say you? And I could say, Fear not, brave warrior. For in my arsenal exists a man. Who doth wield a sword. Anyway, and he's great. Oh, another thing I noticed. One hand, so there's that, there's that, uh, passive. I forgot the name of it. 
where you can use a two-handed weapon as a single-handed uh, weapon and still lug your shield around, which is real convenient if you find a legendary or something that's a big two-handed deal and got great stuff on it, but you don't want to not have your shield because you want to have shield abilities or whatever. But the problem is, because those are slower weapons by their nature, and that's how it's supposed to be, and I'm not asking them to change that. I just felt like I was moving in jello with that thing. Just, meanwhile, with a sword, I'm, right? Or a flail or whatever. But this thing was like a big, slow-moving deal. It's all right, though. Dingus the Crusader lives on. That's his name. And he has come to sanctuary to rid it of the evil whores. Horrors, not whores. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the Diablo Show, episode six, season one. We are halfway through, man. Halfway through season one. What does that even mean? I don't know. Get to the end of the season? We go on hiatus? We see if the network's going to renew us? Do we just launch right into two? Do we take a little break? I don't know. I haven't really thought that far ahead. Hey, Scott, this is Thomas. I just listened to the most recent episode of the Diablo show, and I was listening to the part where you're talking about having to let the guys out of the cages every time you see them. Well, I can definitely understand what you're talking about, because when I was playing City of Heroes, even though I was level 20, 30, or 40 uh, in the game, I still would end up having to uh, save people who were being harassed by the uh, street punks that were just levels 2 or 3 on the street. Um, Every time I saw them, they were yelling out, Help me, help me. And no matter what I was doing, I had to fly over, start smacking those guys around, even though I didn't get any experience or loot for it. It uh, just felt like something I had to do. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I love the show. Thanks. Man, do I understand where you're coming from. Did it again yesterday. It was in Chaldeum. There were those guys in the cages again. It's always when you go to kill Mag- Magtha. Or how do you say her name? Magtha. Magtha. Magagtha. Um, when she's the boss on a, on a run through bounties, uh, you got to go past all those dudes. There's other places too, but that's the main one. And I can't do it. They're in the cages. Got to let them out, baby. Got to let them out. All right, well, there's some stuff going on in the world of Diablo, Diablo. You might be familiar with it if you're listening to this show. It's a really cool video that went up. I actually saw the link on Reddit, and it's about better inventory management, which is something a lot of players perhaps struggle with. I know I've had my moments where I would have preferred it to be a simpler process. I don't know what the... I don't know what the answer is necessarily. I mean, the game is so much more improved than the old Tetris-style inventory that you had to deal with with Diablo 2. And that was a nightmare. I hated that. And it's not just that game. Many games do it. Really, Probably the worst offender is like uh, the original Resident Evil and subsequent Resident Evil games. The way they handled an, an inventory management meant literally playing like a, a Tetris mini game or one of those. Do you remember when you were a kid, there was a puzzle game and it would come in like a little plastic form. It would usually be a square and it was made up of a bunch of tiles. This probably has a name, but I don't know what you'd call it. But in that there was like a face or something, but all the tiles were mixed up 
So like a puzzle, you need to get all the tiles aligned so that the, the picture shows up. And you got to like, you only have one open slot. And so you got to slide a picture down or slide one of the tiles down, slide one over, slide one up. It's kind of um, not unlike a Rubik's Cube in some ways. Anyway, I hated those. Freaking hated them. And to me, that's the game you had to play in those older inventory systems. Now, they didn't quite go as far as Torchlight, which, you know, straight up said every little square in our inventory is an entire thing. No matter how big the weapon, no matter how large the item or small the item, it all fits one square at a time. Stackables fit in one square, like in Diablo, but a big piece of armor or a a big pole arm is going to take up the same amount of space as a gem or a belt or a whatever. Right? So... This awesome video takes a look at what it takes to uh, have better inventory management. Here's a, here's a blurb from it. This is from the dude who made the video. What to keep, what to get rid of. Incremental upgrading, saving bad items, which Blizzard will buff in the future and, and apply retroactively. What to mule, what to equip on all characters, regardless of class or spec. What to put in each tab. How to effectively group items. If you're forgetful like me, this system may help you. Uh, to efficiently organize and manage your loot without getting overwhelmed. Enjoy. Recommend you go check it out. Uh, let me get the YouTube username in case you don't want to use the show notes on the site. It yep. is, uh, that's, his, that's him talking. Up, this is Meathead Mikhail from MeatheadGaming.com. Anyway, Meathead Mikhail is where you'll find it. Video's got, uh, boy, he's got a, he has got a, a well-geared witch doctor in this video. Anyway. It's worth going to check out. I will put a link in the show notes at frogpants.com slash Diablo. And right there, here's where you can check it out and get what you need. We got what you need. Hey, Scott, this is Greg TVZ gone in the chat room. I've been a long time Diablo three player since almost the beginning. And while I haven't had the time to get around to Reaper of Souls yet, I was wondering what's the best way for me to actually upgrade and get into the new expansion. I've got a level 60 Barbarian and a couple other minor characters, but I'm just kind of wondering what my best course forward is with all the rift this and shard that and everything. So any help you could provide would be most appreciated. Really love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. You could get lucky and be one of the winners of the Reaper of Souls digital standard edition that we're giving away at the end of the show today. You may remember we launched a contest last week, and today's the day we'll be giving that out. So uh, two lucky winners. I got the names. We're good to go. Hang on till the end of the show and see if you are the big wiener. Um, yeah, it's funny because you mentioned things that don't didn't really occur to me as a thing that might confuse me. Like if you listen to the show and you hear me talking about some of the stuff that you do late in the game, it probably is a little bit like, whoa, what, what are you even talking about? When I was playing Diablo, that none of that was there. What, what, what do I do? How do I get in? It's actually not all that complicated. You'll get the expansion, and here's what you'll have to do. You've got, you said you've got a 60 Barbarian. He's going to need, or some character, if you're not going to use him. I, I just use him because he's already 60. But, uh, and I'm assuming you've beaten Diablo, right? Beaten Act 4. Uh, if you've done that, yeah, spoiler, Diablo dies in Act 4. Well, sort of dies. You know what I mean. Anyway... You got to go do him. If you've done him, him, her, I'm going to call it a him, her, because there's, again, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go from that to act five, and then you must beat act five to unlock adventure mode, which is all this other things you mentioned, like rifting, okay? Uh, bounties, all that stuff. So you've got to beat act five to get there. 
you do that and you're good you're golden and then all this other stuff opens up it's all very obvious uh the enchantress lady shows up at uh shows up at 60 now right so you'll start being able to do enchanting early all the new crafting changes kick in so you're good to go on those uh you won't be able to use kadalarha until she's until you have some blood shards and i don't think you get those until bounties right someone could correct me on that but i'm pretty sure they don't drop in unless you've beaten act five anyway you just need to trudge through and beat act five and it's not long and i loved it i really enjoyed it I, I've, I've always i've said and i'll say it again the only thing i really had a problem with with act five and that whole thing was lack of blizzard you know huge cinematics pre-rendered cinematics the way they did for the intro when uh Tyrael and his and his buddies go down there and bury the deal and try to hide it and sacrificed many of the Haradrim dudes. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that's the only real problem. And otherwise, it's a fun story. It's good. And then when you're done, kick in. You're good, man. You're golden. Everything you want to do uh, once you beat Act 5. Really not hard to get into. That I can promise you. There is a cool guide up about finding Dane Bright. Because he has stuff you want. Who's Dane Bright, you say? Well, let me lead, uh, read from the official Blizzard forums. Some of you may, may, excuse me, may or may not know about the elusive NPC in the world of Sanctuary by the name of Dane Bright. This bright young man <laughs> is a self-made merchant who from time to time enjoys selling a legendary or set crafting plan or two. If you're looking to gear up your lower, lower level characters with some crafted items or simply interested in collecting as many blacksmithing plans as possible... These featured guides may be the thing for you. Uh, this is part of that Goatman guide stuff for the week. And they feature a couple of player-created guides. First guide created by Arcaden, I believe is how you'd say that name. A-R-K-A-I-D-Y-N features a quick video walkthrough of how to find Dane Bright. Go check that one out. In the guide, uh, Arcaden covers a variety of information he's collected based on his own experiences farming for Dane as well as the experiences of other Diablo 3 players. Check out the video. Uh, there's a link. We'll have it in the show notes, and you can see this YouTube page and watch that video as well. You know, the day of guides being a written thing, you'd read off a web page. I think those days are gone. I don't see those anymore, hardly. I mean a little here and there, but mostly it's videos. The problem is some of them suck and are boring and are super long, and the people doing them are have terrible microphones. So we are entering an age of video game guides, which should be a lot better with all the visual audio and, and voice walkthrough, but instead are kind of poop in a lot of cases. This one's not. This one's all right. But, you know, I'm just speaking generally here. Do you guys agree? You could send me an email and tell me. The Diablo Show at gmail.com. Hey, Scott. This is Roman, longtime listener to all your shows. I had a quick question about leveling. Now, you said that you got your Crusader up to 70, almost 70 fairly quickly. I was just wondering how you went about doing that. I'm a returning player to Diablo, and I still haven't gotten Reaper of Souls, uh, but it seems that leveling is taking a very long time. What's the quickest way, do you think, in your opinion, to level? Thanks. Okay, here's how I did it with the Crusader early on. So I got to about 25 or 30 on my own and then hopped in with some buddies. Me and Ralph and a couple other people ran some... I want to say Torment 3 Rifts or something. And this is, again, all post-Act uh, 5 with my wizard. I beat it with the wizard. So I took him in there to do 
uh, that and, and, and literally would like level up three times every five minutes or something, some ridiculous amount of speed. And all I really had to do is try to survive. It's a little exploitive. I get that. And there, there were times I would go so many levels and not even know what I'd unlocked. I didn't even know what new abilities I had or what new runes had been opened. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just ripping through these levels. Sling! You'd get a thing that you got a level. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I should check my stuff, but no, there's no time because I got to survive this, this elite attack and uh, level three more times after that. And then I would go back to town, sell my hooch, and then check my stuff and go, oh, all right, well, there's that thing. And the shield bash got an upgrade. And burp, burp, burp. Right? So I did a lot of that. Not all, not all the way, though. That was probably... <sighs> If I had to guess, I don't remember exactly, but probably 28 to 50 something, 28 to 52 or something. It was a pretty big chunk. On the other hand, though, I'm playing this witch doctor. His name is Ferb, F-E-R-B. We got Gerp, Dingus, and Ferb. Uh, he's, uh, he's doing real well, and he's at 60 something or 60, I think, barely or something. Anyway. I can't remember now. Maybe he's 50 something, but I've done him completely solo and I've done him most of his life. Uh, torment one, at least on difficulty. And he's screaming and fast along We're we're leveling just fine. So I don't think it's a slog to do it on your own, but if you do want to get a quick boost, having friends around certainly helps my buddy, uh, Brian, uh, Densley's his name is leveling, uh, is getting to the, the ax for the first time. So he's trying to get to Reaper of souls and get to, Get to end game and he says it's too easy. I said, What are you doing? He's well, I'm just normal. I'm like, no, no. That's the whole point of this expansion. Crank up that crank up that difficulty level to a point that you think you can stand it. And if you can't, then knock it down. But if you're just ripping through everything on normal, especially with a crusader, and you have the expansion and you're playing, you know, through the axe for the first time, he's OP for a lot of that. Actually, a lot of the characters are. That's why they did this slider. So move that thing up. Get up to Maybe masterful and then work down from there as needed. Okay? That's what I think you should do. If it were me. So it turns out Blizzard would like your opinion slash feedback on what shrines you like the most. So as you know, the game features these shrines, right? They always have Diablo. Well, did Diablo 1 have shrines? I don't remember. I know 2 had them all up and all up in your joint, but I do not remember if 1, if if straight up Diablo, 1996 era, 97, whatever it was, had, had, uh, had those things. I don't know. Someone tell me. I, honestly, I don't remember. I guess I could look it up. We do live in an era where I could look it up. Uh, so they asked the question, which shrines do you like the most or enjoy the most? Do you get thrilled by the spike of inefficiency they give? Uh, any wild ideas for amazing shrines that you would love to see in the game as they would create this thrill effect and mix up the gameplay? Do you like to interact with environments in Diablo 3 and trigger different events? What legendary items influencing these interactions are your favorites? Oh, my music went off. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I had a kind of a goof with uh, Ralph, our good buddy Ralph, the other day. He's got that 
he's got some piece of gear and I don't even know what it is, but it's the one that'll proc a, a mob when you hit a shrine. And I don't know what it's called, but I, he was like, Hey, you want to do that real quick? I'm like, yeah. And then like some kind of OCD dinglebat, I go into this area and I click on the shrine before he does, because I'm always just like, click the shrine, click the shrine, click on the shrine, which I did. But anyway, uh, yeah, they want your input. So there's a link in the show notes and it's also on the, uh, Battle.net forums. If you'd seen it already, perhaps you've already contributed, but you know, what is it that you, that you like and be, feel free to put in your, the wildest ideas you can think of because legendary affixes, influencing interactions, environmental stuff, they're interested in those things and they're a, they're a treat, aren't they? We got a call coming up about that in a second. Before we do, though, that Chrome add-on we mentioned last week, the Elemental Damage Extension, that one. So you can see a little bit more on the uh, the profile page than you could just with the default Blizzard stuff, is now available for Firefox. So if you're still using Firefox, there's some people that are, right? Chrome didn't completely squish them. At least I don't think so. But anyway, there's a Firefox version. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. You can check it out. Hey Scott, Eric Muller here. So, I was wondering if there was any piece of gear that you just could not get rid of because it amuses you. You see, I have this one legendary bow called the Cluckeye, and it has a 35% chance to cluck, which means uh, every once in a while when I'm using it, instead of an arrow shooting out, a chicken will. And it floats kind of towards the enemy and explodes. And it's hilarious. It's It just amuses me. And I've I've moved way past this in gear. I can't really use it for 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 uh, damage anymore. But I just can't seem to get rid of the thing. And I was wondering if you have any gear like that that even though it's not really of much use to you anymore, you just it just amuses you in such a way that you'll always keep it in your big storage chest thing. Loving the show. Bye bye. All right. The answer is yes. I have a piece of gear whose name escapes me i meant to write it down before the show i didn't do it you have to forgive me um anyway someone out there will know what it is but it proc so it's a big red flamey bloody thing single-handed sword one-handed sword and it procs a, a demon that comes out with some regularity i forget what the percentage is but i i feel like he's out every oh geez every 30 seconds or something and he'll pop out. He's chained to me. So there's like some ghost chain between me and him and he comes out and he's got a big old ax and he will fight with me and does pretty good DPS. So this is real trade off because the weapon itself is no good for me DPS wise. However, when he procs, it's probably about equal to what I'm using normally. So it's always this temptation to want to carry that around with me because I know that he's going to be coming out and he'll kind of equal things out. But I think if I could do the math on the whole, uh, the DPS on that weapon is just not great. But it's I'm not getting rid of it. There's no way. Especially because who knows, you know, like it was mentioned earlier when, um, you know, Blizzard may buff something, change something. Even a single piece of gear may get some kind of crazy tweak to it. And, you're, and if you've sharded it and it's hard to find otherwise, well, 
we can just going to go farm forever for it again. Like that would just feel stupid. So they've said, they've come out and said, we have no plans to add any additional storage right now. That's probably not in our favor when it comes to this problem. But here's my general rule of thumb. Unless it does something crazy cool or really interesting, or unless the stat bonus on it is so amazing and good, I I have gotten better at just sharding those those legendaries and getting those forgotten souls without too much hesitation. So I think that's what people should generally be doing. It, that's working for me, and I you know I want to craft sets and do other things anyway. So I need those things for that. So you just got to let go. It just seems like every legendary should be precious and never get rid of. And I went through that phase with about two tabs of inventory for about three weeks. And I finally said, what am I doing? Some of these are dupes of each other. Some of them are terrible. Some are ones I got when I was in my mid thirties with the barbarian or with the, um, the crusader. So let's just, let's just be done with those things. Don't be a pack rat. Don't be hoarders Diablo edition with a couple of dead cats under a sword. No one wants to live like that. All right, here's how you do want to live. The Diablo Rift Guardian tier list is a thing that you can go check out. Some Redditors put this together. Uh, and I should say the poster of it was... I want to give him credit because I really like this. Uh, submitted by Jack Me... Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not going to read his name. Well, I'll read it. I already started it. Why not? Hey, that guy's out in public. This is his name. His name is Jack Me Off Bieber. Okay. I'm sorry to any children that now have to have this explained to them by their parents who are listening to the show, but still, I feel like you got to out that guy, right? A little bit. Anyway, put this post up and it's all very good. Um, it's a list of every uh, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, all the way down through tier seven uh, and, the, and the stone singer tier. And this is every uh, potential possible rift guardian that you run into. And they're all written kind of funny and fun to read like this for example on the stone uh, stone singer tier stone singer last and certainly not least we come to stone singer the guardian is so bad he has his own tier in the basement he's as bad as blood maw is good for all of you who have fought this rift guardian you know why he's here he's an extremely easy to kill guardian i know this and i'm sorry i know his enraged state has him summon clones of himself from the ground however it never lasts to the point where you get to fight them I hope this uh, health slash hope his health slash toughness is bugged to be low because this Rift Guardian is a joke. So there's some editorial going on, but they break them all down and kind of explain what each of them do. Um, Lord of Bells, uh, the last boss you might fight to get the ain't you ain't the boss of me achievement. They kind of talk about some of those things. Talk about what they what their ads are like, what stuff they do toward the end of their life. Tornadoes from What's-His-Name are my least favorite thing in the world. Um, What's his name? He's the monk dude. Oh, can't think of the guy's name. He's the one you, in the story, you fight uh, him. (laughs) Ah, whatever his name is. I can't stand his whirlwinds. Seriously pisses me off. I'll have a link to that in the show notes like all this other stuff. So if you want to link out to that and check it out, you you surely can. I mean, riffs are really kind of my favorite thing in the game right now. I could spend all day with riffs. Could you? Hi, Scott. This is Mark Higgs from Pittsburgh, and I'm a hardcore player. 
haven't touched softcore since before 2.0, and I want to offer my perspective on why I play hardcore. It started as a way to increase my excitement with the game. Hardcore gave me the edge-of-your-seat thrills that softcore just couldn't provide, but it went beyond that. You see, I also feel that hardcore offers a great lesson in letting go of that which is trivial in the grand scheme of things. For there are far greater things we stand to lose outside of a mere game. When I inevitably lose a tune and all the loot I've gathered, sure, it's a loss, but it really isn't all that bad. In hardcore, death is inevitable, just as it is in life. Every time I play could be my last, and that's okay, because the joy is in the journey. Thanks for your time, and keep up the good work. not touched my hardcore tune he's a barbarian he is just sitting there his name is otis and otis scares me because i know that no good will come out of me trying to trying to make him live oh man i love roguelikes and essentially that's what that mode in the game is hardcore and diablo is a roguelike in the truest sense of the word but for some reason can't be brought can't be brought to do it. Let's talk about that colorblindness thing that came up last week. And I was very curious about players who uh, listen to the show who might also be colorblind and what they think or do or maybe some of their suggestions or tricks and tips and that sort of stuff. And we got some emails about that. One came to us from Andrew who says, Hey, Scott, after hearing you rave about Diablo on every show you do. Oh, come on now. Hasn't been quite that bad, has it? Says he finally broke down and got the game. I am colorblind, though, and the only way I can differentiate between yellows and oranges is to read the text on the item. I cannot see a difference in the game. I'm guessing there is a purple in the game, but I only see blue magic drops. Uh, Anyway, I would love a colorblind mode, though I have no idea how that would be implemented. Loving the show, Andrew. So there's, Andrew, there's, it's interesting because you kind of are the consensus here that the game is difficult sometimes to tell what's going on in massive fights. That's already hard for people without colorblindness, by the way. Speaking of someone on that side of the rope, that's still kind of hard to see. You lose your cursor. You know, there's a lot of dudes on screen. I can't even tell where that electrical zapper thing over my head is. I got to just move, you know. Sometimes you just like, what, where am I? That's a wall, where, who? Especially, you know, Torment 4 or whatever in in a riff with friends and everyone's popping everything off and whew. It can be rough for anybody, but anyway, I totally, I totally get it. But the implementation is is tricky. But there are other games who have done it and they've done it successfully. Now, it's easier with games where you know you've just got clear patterns or objects or whatever, where it's just straight up. Here's a blue thing. Here's a red thing, and let's do a mode where colorblindness is is considered. Uh, in a game like this, where there's a lot of nuance and not photorealism, but you know they've got a, an environment there. They're trying to maintain um you know visually overall i mean it's probably harder so we'll have to see got one more from uh or another one here from the misunderstood samurai also known as dan pack says hey scott i'm a red slash green slash yellow purple colorblind that means it tends to cause a problem when i'm playing fps's more than third person or isometric games however in all games 
uh, as more stuff on screen happens, uh, the worse my pattern recognition gets, and I can't differentiate these colors or items in that color range. It's interesting. The chaos of it, I guess, makes it worse. Since legendary items create a beam of orange light, it is easy not to confuse them with the yellow, or it is easy to not confuse them with the yellow. Anyway, it, has been, uh, it hasn't been a real problem beyond trying to figure out which mob is a friend or foe when playing with somebody running a witch doctor. Hey, yeah, those are... That's the other thing. Can I just say this? I don't want them to change this, okay? So this isn't me complaining, but... Man, when you're, when you're rolling with a friend and that friend is a witch doctor and he's, he's got the gargantuan and four dogs out and the little hexer dude or something... It's it's a party. It's all it's already a full house, right? And then you're you're like the sixth or seventh guy in the in the party, and it's only two of you. And it, that can get a little crazy. Plus, his spiders are everywhere. You're never sure if you're hitting the right things. Like that 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 gets pretty chaotic, no matter what you think. Um, he says in those instances, I turn on all the health information for enemies. So there's a there's one trick. Turn on the overhead health stuff. That might help. One final email from Kyle who says it would be nice if Blizzard implemented some sort of colorblind mode. Um, one game that has it is League of Legends. Oh, interesting. And even StarCraft 2 to an extent. But LOL, meaning League of Legends, is the best colorblind mode I've ever used, though, says Kyle. Well, that seems like it's at least in the same ballpark, right? So maybe Blizzard could do it. I, I just don't know what the... I mean, how many people are colorblind? It seems like it's more than we think. Doesn't it? I don't know. Either way, I want to see how that all goes. By the way, that song you hear right there, uh, that's Eric Van Skyhawk's song. He wrote that. And uh, it's good. I use it on the show. Is going to go up uh, and be available on iTunes or Amazon or maybe both soon. So if you want to support Eric and get a, a cool digital version copy of that of that song, you'll be able to soon. We have some more calls to go through, and uh, I'm going to just tear through them. So here you go. When do we get some new content, asks this person. Hey, Scott, how many expansions do you think Blizzard plans to put out for Diablo 3? I think the technology platform with the internet connectivity, gameplay mechanics, and graphics um, will support uh, a relevant game for 10 years to come. Also, I look at some of the decisions Blizzard made leading up to Reaper Souls, and all signs indicate to me that Blizzard plans to have Diablo be relevant for years to come. So, are we seeing a change in Blizzard's strategy um, and how they approach Diablo 3, and are we going to get a new expansion every two to three years? Or... Is this just wishful thinking? Love to hear your thoughts. Bye. I totally agree with you that I think that they have shown signs that they want to seriously shore up this this big pillar of Blizzard games. This is a, a huge IP for them. Um, and putting it up right next to, to Warcraft and Starcraft uh, is not a, you know, that's something I think is important to them and to that team. And knowing that that's kind of what they want to do moving forward, I think you can expect way more content in the term in terms of patches and, and downloads and changes to the game. But also, like we mentioned last week, probably full expansions. Um, they've said as much, you know, they, they like that full expansion experience where it's almost like a new game and not just some small piece of DLC. However, at some point, do you make a Diablo 4? Like, there's a lot of questions about how this game works as opposed to World of Warcraft, which wasn't really a 
hey, here's version one and hey, we'll have version two soon or, you know, a sequel or whatever. I agree with you that this game has the chops, the engine has the chops to, to last a very long time. And that all can be tweaked and improved over time as well. We've seen them do it with Warcraft and other engines. So why not here? Um, and I also think graphic prowess and sort of what the eye expects to look good uh, these days. I think Diablo is in a really nice place and will still look good years from now. So uh, I think all of that stuff is true. It really just comes down to, man, it's hard. It's really hard to answer that question. I mean, in in theory, they could have released this game and just called it Diablo and not put a three on it. And then you've got your long-standing, ever-changing server-based game, right? But because they put a name on it and a number on it, that feels like, like even if they ever do a, a new Warcraft strategy game, you know that's going to be called Warcraft 4. The year the Yorks make contact or whatever. So, so I don't know. I do not know the answer to this question. It's a hard one. But not as hard as this. Hey, Scott. I just want to say great job on the show. And wanted to make you aware of an amazing item I found this morning. Uh, so I know you're always extolling the virtues of kicking and clicking things. Yep. And this item makes kicking and clicking things even better. Oh, do tell. It's called Harrington's Waist Guard. And what it does is, well, let's just put it this way. How would you feel if every time you kicked over a body, kicked a loose stone, clicked an altar, you know, uh, a chest even, uh, it would not just give you a chance to get another legendary item, but also increase your damage by not 10%, 20%, not 50%, but 100% for 10 seconds. What would you pay for that? Um, no, that's cool. I've seen that someplace. I don't have it. Where did I see it? Somebody linked it on Twitter. I don't know how rare it is. Um, no, it's cool. The only problem with that is it requires you to do it in the fight to make any big difference, right? 10 seconds is not a lot of time. So if, you, if you're going to fight something bad and you want to be near a chest or a loose stone or, a, or whatever, a barrel, you need to kind of plan for that or else, you know. I, it's not that I don't mind those, those kinds of procs. I think they're cool, but I, I just feel like those are limited in, in how you can use them. And maybe that's the fun of it too. I don't know. That's cool though. Glad you got it. Check this out. Ah, uh, Scott, this is Tim. So ever since you talk, started talking about clickables and kickables, I cannot stop clicking on everything in sight. Um, it's actually benefited me. I've gotten several legendaries, and that's my problem. I just can't stop now. It's probably some of the best advice you've given. Um, love the show. Thanks so much for doing it. Hey, and uh, if you could give a shout-out to my wife, it is her birthday. I don't think you'll get to it in time, but not a problem. She'll still appreciate it. Her name is Stephanie, and I'm really happy it's her birthday. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Happy birthday, Stephanie. Aw, isn't that cute? I hope you had a great birthday, and I hope he got you something cool, not just this shout-out, because this was free. He didn't have to pay for this. So make him go out and spend some money on you. Dinner. Uh, somewhere nice. Somewhere fancy, right? Uh, I don't know. Some flowers or uh, some other nice stuff. What what do you get people these days when you're dating? I haven't dated in a while. I've been married. I mean, we still kind of date, but, you know, it's not the same. What do you do? What do you do? Where do you go? Where do you take her? Concert? Dinner? Movie? What's the normal thing now? 
Hey, Scott. Jenny from California. Hi, Jenny. Just, uh, I had a question about uh, things getting old. Uh, I got my main, uh, my wizard up at, you know, level 70, Paragon 90-something or other. But I feel like I kept out on gear, can't find anything that does my damage any good anymore, my my toughness. Uh, so I, w- I go and I grab my level 40 Demon Hunter, but and I understand the irony here, but he's not all geared up. He doesn't have uh, good abilities yet, and I understand I need to play him to 70 to get there, but I was just wondering if anybody else is kind of running into a boredom factor, uh, maybe with their main or, or with other other characters trying to get up there. Love the show. Keep it up. All right. Great question. Like I told you, I'm a little bit sour on my Crusader right now, but uh, I am not bored at all with my wizard, and I think some of that just comes from changing up what I'm doing with the wizard. Um. You know, you, you uh, doing doing stuff with the wizard that I haven't tried before. Playing around with different combinations of skills, runes, and passives is a lot of fun for me. So I got an email from uh, we'll call him Don Abernail, Abernail, a Bagnail, a Bagnall, Don a Bagnall, because <laughs> that is his real name. That's why we'll call him that. And he had said to me, "Hey." Uh, he, here's what I'm doing with the wizard. It's a lot like what you're doing, but here's a couple of things different. So most of this is the same electric key with lightning blast. He's doing, although I do the, the other one that builds back up, uh, arcane power, but, uh, disintegrate with chaos nexus. Same with me. So then on, on our, our, our main slots, we've got black hole with, uh, with blazer, which is what I use slot two meteor with meteor shower like me. And then three interesting. He's gone with frost Nova with cold snap. Uh, cold snap being the rune did not even consider this, but the crowd control of that combination is kind of amazing. So you get this ability to, uh, freeze any mob, including bosses for a very short cold cooldown. That room makes it, I think seven seconds or something. So when you're in a hairy fight and you can freeze those guys and have that short of, uh, short of a, uh, of a cooldown and pull off all this other stuff I'm doing, including my Archon in slot four, uh, slot four with combustion. <clears throat> that combination of stuff is unbelievable. And you rotate through that, that Frost Nova so quickly that nothing's ever moving. Everything's frozen. And it changed everything for me. And this was just a couple of days ago. And now it's like fresh again. It's like, oh, yeah, dude. And, I'm, and I bumped up a Torment level as a result because of one slot slash rune change. Boom, whole new game again. So I feel like it's a combination of how much do you love your class? Maybe you're just not a wizard person and there's something else out there for you. So try something else. Get your head around another character and see what you think. But but in the in the end of it all, uh, <clears throat> it just comes down to what is what are you having the most fun with? And right now, man, it is all wizard all the time for me. I mean, I'm enjoying everything else. I really am. Even the Crusader with all the sh- poop I talked about it. Um. By the way, the passives he's using, and I also switched around to these, uh, Prodigy, Unwavering Will, Elemental Exposure, and Galvanizing Ward. And if you want, you can actually look that up in uh, my Armory build, which I'll also put in the show notes. How about that? How about that? Huh? What do you think about that? Eh? Okay, everybody, let's all settle in here for uh, the contest giveaway. We have winners, and as I told you, courtesy of Blizzard, we have two. 
at least for now, we got more coming. But two in this contest, copies of Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls Standard Edition codes. These are for people who still have Diablo 3, but have been on the fence as to whether or not they want to cash in and spend money on the uh, on the expansion. So, good news to our two winners. They are Philip Goodwin. You'll be getting an email from me with a code. And Michael Blackburn. You will also be getting a code. Congratulations, you were picked at random from our contest sheet. Thanks to everybody who entered. Bunches of you did. Hundreds and hundreds of you did. Only two could win. Philip Goodwin, Michael Blackburn. Uh, I have your emails. I'll send you codes. Congratulations. Way to go, guys. And more contests on the horizon, including, I promise you, that uh, uh, skate deck is coming. They're just waiting for the rest of the signatures. I guess the dev team's a little slow on that. It's vacation time for a lot of Blizzard folk this time of year. I don't know if you knew that, but this is usually when it happens. At any rate... Congratulations. More on that soon. Also, big thanks to Keith Flood and many others who purchased our Diablo show loot pinata over at frogpants.com slash store. You can pick it up now. Includes a whole bunch of really cool stuff, including signed album art, stickers, coasters, many things. It's a big bag of goodness. It helps support the show and you get something cool for your trouble. All right. I want you guys to check that out. And big thanks again to everybody who, uh, who takes part in it. All right. Means a lot. Means a lot to me as the host of this here show, which you can find at frogpants.com slash Diablo. Uh, the Diablo show at gmail.com is our email address. By the way, the AIE wiki page, now AIE being Leah Yakta Est, our long running gaming community slash guild that started in Warcraft and the instance community and has bloomed to include many, many other games, including the brand new Wildstar. People are in there as well. Uh, we've got gaming community info going up on there soon. I don't think it's up quite yet, but um, Ralph, one of our officers, is going to get that done. So just search AIE Wiki on Google, and you'll see it. And then just look for updates on the Diablo side. And that is how you can join the clans and the groups and the stuff in Diablo. Okay? I promised you guys I'd tell you how to do that. Now you know how. Did I tell you our email? I think I did. The, the Diablo Show. That's the Diablo Show at gmail.com. On Twitter, The Diablo Show. Or me, you can follow me at Scott Johnson, at Scott Johnson. All right. Uh, is that it? Oh, don't forget to call. Oh, my gosh. The call is the most amazing thing about this show. You guys are freaking nailing it. Week after week, my favorite thing is your calls. And here's the funny bit. Except for some really long ones that are, I can't play because they're so long, you guys are sending in amazing calls. And I'm having a hard time getting rid of any. So we're just going to keep playing this, these as long as you guys keep calling them in. 206-278-0553. That's 206-278-0553. Or you can send attachments, mp3 or whatever, to thediabloshow at gmail.com. Okay? All right. Let's keep this going. Uh, next week, episode seven. Also, uh, we got Deckard Kane answering another fine question right after I'm done talking here. So stay tuned for that. And another call even after that. Talking about gold management. I think it's worth checking out. It's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next time. Greetings. I am Deckard Kane. There's been a lot of talk recently about what would happen if I turned evil. This notion is preposterous, and kind of funny to even think about. Little old me turning evil. It's ridiculous. Although, I do have this Halloween mask right here. It's pretty scary. I don't know if it would scare Diablo, but 
We'll try it on. Ah, oh, there we go. I feel scarier already. Now I feel like I could be intimidating, even to the forces of darkness. I could say something scary, like, You think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Yes, that seems scary. What have you got, Diablo? The fire rises. I don't know why he'd be scared of that, but I'll say it anyway. You know, maybe I could be a pretty good villain. I could be Deckard Bane of your existence. Bane of your existence. Thank you, friends, for staying a while and listening. Hey, Scott. Orbital Death here. Long-time listener and fan. Firstly, thank you for bringing us fans a long-overdue, dedicated, high-quality D3 podcast. My comment advice is a tip for gold management and general loot advice. Through mostly trial and error and some advice from my epic running mate, Yurok84, it makes a lot of sense to be smart about which items you invest in, gemming and rerolling. As everyone knows, re-gemming and re-rolling can be the most costly and resource-draining part of the new Diablo experience. Basically, the tip is to invest some time in knowing the build you're going for and the gear that largely supports or benefits that goal. When that or very similar viable gear for your build drops, that's where you want to invest the mats, gold, and gems. Maybe this is a super obvious or everybody knows this, but I don't consider myself a derp in this game and there were so many times that I was wasteful going through dozens of rolls on a legendary that barely buffs my current build, not understanding that there are like five items in that slot which would be much more smarter to wait for, stack the resources, then when one of those do drop, you know, I'd have the mats and gold and gems to reroll to my heart's content. So yeah, this is my advice. In the end, this approach of resource hoarding and strategic loot hunting has helped me skyrocket from like farming T1 to farming T3. And it took about 10 or 15 hours of play, including the research time. And more importantly, it's just more fun that way. Because for one, you see more noticeable improvements to your character. You know, side note, I've never been one to enjoy min-maxing or sticking to a cookie-cutter build. It's always about the enjoyment factor for me. But there is a happy median here of finding out a cool, fun way to play and spending less than a few hours to research to know which gear is uber for that playstyle build, which all equals to much more fun when you achieve your goal and start demolishing. Shout out to the legions of D3 fans out there. Very unique ratio of 90% people that are helpful, passionate, and sharing to about 10% of just rage trolls. As a long-time online gamer, this is a unique and surprising ratio for me. Thanks again, Scott. Best of luck to you, and I hope this show has the legs, size, and impact as the instance had on WoW. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.